0: where we talk about things with one super special guest every week to sit back relax and hear us speak on oh, this is happening on the podcast hello hello, hello. yes here oh,
1: are... this is happening well no, you
2: two guys have to get in Welcome on to this it. is happening welcome
0: we're... to this is happening we're gonna we're
1: gonna
2: edit
0: this or maybe we won't who maybe knows it does it. Make it. Who, who knows, knows? It's Nathan and
1: Eric. Eric hey, both you so, again. And we, we anyway. So we're here with <laughs> David Del
2: You are indeed, and you're both adorable. Both no, of you, you you're your adorable in inconspicuous me. way, Nathan. Oh, and and you. Thank you so much. I friended both of you this week. This is a momentous thing. See, it did the way happen. the way friendship, we, we have redefined <laughs> the word friendship You friended me the me in Facebook. Yes. Well, of course I did. Honey. But let me tell you how it works out. Tell With me. Facebook, dear, you just simply, you know, it's redefining the word friend. Because right. first of all, I have 5,000 friends on Facebook. I can't possibly fucking know all of them. 30% of them are Turkish bodybuilders, so I don't even know who they are anyway. <laughs> But what I'm saying is the ones that I do know that aren't living in Istanbul at this moment are all close personal, total strangers that live in Hollywood. And now you two are amongst that uh, august group. I'm the yeah. closest of the closest. Yeah, no, yeah, personal yeah, no, strangers of Hollywood. There's always there. room for cute guys <laughs> in, the, in the Del Val archives. May I say that for both of you? Well, well but we, you and I, Eric, we talking of what if John Borman were sitting here would be like Excalibur and all that. We're talking. We were talking uh, earlier about the golden of age in, in San Excalibur. Francisco when Ferlinghetti... Getty. Uh, City Lights, Janis Joplin, uh, Santana, Harvey Milk, the Castro Theater. So, were you the, from uh,
0: San Francisco? Well, I
2: went to college there. Okay. I went to high school in Sacramento. And gotcha. I was born in El Paso like John Rishi, the author. Started out in Texas. I started out in Texas and girl, I got Did out you, as fast as I could. How old were you when you left Texas? Two years old. <laughs> okay. I left it to my I left it to my mother to pack like, those bags. Lovely. I said, I Rolls, there won't be lights big enough. There won't be signs bright enough. You know, it's all new for Grace. Just That's right. Well two, Grace I, Grace I was looking for that white rat. I don't think she was able to move One pill made so, her so. taller and everything. Every <laughs> Every other pill made her unbearable for a while. And then she calmed down. And there's an amazing picture of Janice and Grace in the Ninth Circle. Oh, absolutely. A notorious gay bar in New York called the Ninth Circle. Yes. And as so you're going so down, long down long. the stairs, the pools are open. Well, you know where it is. God But anyway, God. it's God. an institute, like Limelight or like Julius's. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. The Ninth Circle was my favorite place to go in and sit and be depressed. Okay. I was always in between boyfriends or... In between something. Either that or I got locked out of where I was living. Anyway, those were the days. And so the Ninth Circle was a place. Julius was a place. Uh, I loved Limelight. Uh, Uncle Charlie's South. Well, it to was a to different the, era. I it used was to go to the Limelight.
1: The Limelight, you're talking 80s, 90s. Oh,
2: no, I These are all down Manhattan clubs? Yes, the 80s, definitely. <laughs> the yeah. 80s, definitely. But I remember the late 70s, too. When I was in college in San Francisco, it was 1971. Hayekawa was our president. And we were in great chaos, and Timothy Leary and Allen Ginsberg, and it was a. It was all so the uh, student
1: protest? Well, it happened, was it so. was
2: whatever it was. It was a media. SDS. Event. It was the beginning. I don't think anyone realized how bright Andy Warhol was, because Andy no. Warhol saw Impresions. through all the artifice Absolutely. that Antonioni couldn't get through, in Zabrinsky point that uh, Antonioni didn't get, in blow up that you know everybody was missing the point. And uh, it was just articulated so beautifully in the way that all went down. And at being a witness. So, what was the point? Well, the point was that no one really was. I mean, Sarah Miles says at one point in Blow Up, she's smoking a joint, and someone says, I thought you were in Paris. And she said, I am. (laughs) That, to me, that is the capsule of the 60s. If you were there, you were there. If you weren't, you were still there. You just didn't remember it. But from the era that I was in, you know, we were in such a denial of how the government worked. It took Nixon to make... I remember when I was in college... To expose. Not to expose, but to make you... I think what had to die. There's a marvelous line in Inherit the Wind about we have to give up certain things to stop believing in fairy tales. In other words, we have to give up the book of Genesis because of science. It was an we end, have to give up science. the yes. fact that the clouds are pure because now they smell of gasoline right. because of planes. We have to give up things, certain things for progress. And in giving up those things, we have to abandon sometimes the beauty, the poetry of Genesis. We have to abandon the, the, the preconceived ideas of, of, uh, of uh, evolution.
1: Don't you think a big part of that, though, was also
2: the, the blowing up the atomic bomb in two different cities? Well, it was a combination you know? of things, and now we're in a very peculiar situation because we're evolving back Do you feel to like- a religious frenzy of fascism and hatred. Do you feel like people
0: are aware of how the government works now? No,
2: I don't think they ever were. Or Trump would never. He has 38% of the vote. He has 38% that will not abandon him. And that's all he needs to stay in power.
1: People that are ruled by base instincts of survival and fear and ignorance and racism. Uh, Yeah, I think that's his
2: base it mm-hmm. is his base but, but he's exposed but he a very he's that. exposed the darkness of America he in has. a way that no one else could have. totally so we must applaud him for that if we despise him for everything else that he is but he has shown us the bigotry and the hatred and the evil that is in this country and if it's not controlled I think it's a
1: huge reaction against I that. think there's like the evil in every country I think if
2: we expose China and Russia and, and North Korea and all these other countries, including Italy, Spain. And there's a, Spain. Big, there's a
1: big element that couldn't handle having a black president for eight years, and it exploded in the election This Obama.
2: is the payback for that, I yeah, think. Yeah, I think so. Because so. we went from having um, a moment of, uh, well, let's not rose-color it. You know, the Obama administration, there were things he did, of course, because anyone that becomes president is a puppet of... You know, the government, of the military, the joint joint chiefs of staff, the Congress and the Senate, There's all have a say in what this president does. And he does not get to that office if he does not relinquish a lot of his ideals, a lot of his integrity, a lot of that has to go to become the person you are. For Trump, it was a no-brainer. I will fucking suck any dick I can to get where I need to be.
1: Yeah, there's a military-industrial complex that has an agenda that's going to like, okay, we have these interests and we're going to do these things. Yeah. And no matter who it is, as liberal as they might be, they get sucked into that. You know, like so that that happened to Obama. Let's circle back a little bit for a second, though, to talk about. David DelVal.
2: Yes, who has survived every regime. And so we, all look, the we, Bushes, we all hit, the Reagans, we all the Trumps. The and not a wrinkle on the face. Not show a wrinkle.
1: We, nothing, no, nothing. No, no, no. I mean, you're there still... There are lights big enough. <laughs> so we hit on the fact that you were born in Texas, you went to college in San Francisco. You have become, a, you know, an expert, an archivist of different genres of film. You do a lot. You've, re- you've written several books. You've got a new book coming out. I want to talk about that. Um, but we just want to introduce our audience to... Who you who are. Who is David DelVal? Okay, Delvall's. well, you
2: know, David DelVal is somebody that grew up loving horror movies. Yes. And part of that as. A gay man was retreating into a fantasy world at a time when being gay was not acceptable, Do you remember when realizing that you were different was unacceptable when you live the era that I lived which was the, of course the late 50s the 60s, the 70s, the 80s I survived two pandemics of AIDS my partner died of AIDS I'm completely conversant in all aspects of what it is to survive as a caregiver for a disease like that. And I also took care of my mother who lived to be two years shy of 100. Well, I so won't. I went through all the wow. caregiving things you can think of. And what when you go through them and you go through the different stages of life that we all start out as a child and end as a child, as my mother did, as my father will, you realize the absolute necessity not to take any fucking thing seriously. All the things we worry about, even Donald Trump, will go away in time. Yeah. I am just saying that when you lose (laughs) your parents, when you lose your lovers, when you lose the people closest to you, you become very profoundly aware of your mortality, you become profoundly aware of what life is, you realize that it's not a series of getting up and putting on your socks and making the right people like you, that it's part of you waking up every day and realizing it might be your last day. Make it count. How do you do that? You make every single person that you encounter somebody that you say something to, relate to. I don't know. It's just, I think that with cell phones and the media and everything that has changed so radically in the last five years, we have to stop and remember that we're not an era of automatons. We must look at each other. I walk into coffee shops like Starbucks and Pete's and uh, blah blah blah, where everybody is staring at a screen. And when I walk past people Sitting on Melrose, you know, I walk interact- past apartments where all I see is a blue screen, yeah. illuminating a very lonely person, perhaps, or maybe a very busy person, one can't presume. But I am saying that we are in great danger of becoming isolated and not uh, connected. And I think part of the thing when you talk about the 60s and all that, yeah. it's all about being connected. Everything you talk about now is prehistoric. Brotherhood. It's prehistoric. Yeah. Because it's all dead. It's gone. Like what you know? Everyone that was there and everyone except us, they're dead. Yeah. And those that aren't dead are being misrepresented in Oliver Stone movies. So what we have ah. to do is...
1: God, God,
2: I'm sorry. When when someone walked up to Jim Morrison and said, oh my God, it's the God of Rock, I knew then that nobody was at the wheel with that script. Yeah. But nonetheless... So uh,
1: one thing I... So I want to... I like, do
2: love Natural Born Killers. I think that's Oliver's best movie if you, if you want my opinion.
1: Yeah. So uh, w- one thing I wanted to explore that you said is that... Um, you know, as, as, like, as, a, as a gay person growing up,
2: what drew you to horror as a genre? Why did you... Vampires. Because vampires encompass three things that are essential in gay life. You don't reflect in a mirror. You live in the dark. Mm-hmm. And you're an outsider. So those three things resonated with me, even when I was too little to realize what I was looking at. I would count Dracula I just with Frankenstein I never saw anything that was really me but with Dracula you know I mean the house could be cleaned up a little and you know we could certainly (laughs) redecorate get a new Renfield there's ways to work (laughs) with this I was perfectly fine with it and as time moved on when Anne Rice came along it just got gayer and gayer and now um, I, I, oh it just straight got. on oh, on Empire, straight, straight on oh, just got. oh my god and then Joel Shoemaker comes <laughs> in with Lost Boys and like the, the boundaries are gone it's just like you know it's all about so that was your way in but I mean it certainly though well it was my way in and it, look I, I lived in an era when no one this was this was a nonverbal life do you know what I'm saying to you mm-hmm. when you encountered other gay people it was all done like you and me like doing this. Mm-hmm. We didn't say anything. We just did this, and then we took it up at another place where it was not so right. Cool. And this was well, you it wasn't do... out of it wasn't out of fear and anxiety. It was out of shame because what we were feeling because of our parents, because of our church, because of our environment, because mm-hmm. of everything that was going on at the time the fact that I've felt some sort of connection to you made me feel like uh, I was doing something wrong. And I don't know how you respond to that, but it's just like the two of us are in what becomes a very negative situation. Where we're both like attracted to something but well but then there's all this stuff that goes with it. Yes, absolutely. And then, you then the minute it's it's how like do it's feel. not it's yeah. not It's sexual, but then it gets complicated and the sexuality gets drained out of it because you're just so anxious about it. And this is what made everything so repressive in the 50s and 60s. Right. Is that we lived in an era where everyone was ashamed of who they were and ashamed of what they well, did.
1: Well, there were no positive images. No, there weren't. There were, I, no. no there there was, were. I didn't
0: <laughs> grow up in the 60s and I was ashamed when, every time I masturbated for like the first three years. Well, before. I hope you got over <laughs> that. I got uh, over it. Now, now <laughs> I'm, I'm in a is he happy face, face now. No, I, see, I see it <laughs> right. Happy. <laughs> day, happy day. <laughs>
1: no, but I, I I agree. I mean, I, I think it took a long time for there to be positive images I mean, I think things like, I, I, you know, I, I, it's so mainstream, but I think things like Will and Grace, you know, made a big difference. Let me tell you something people. about Will
2: and Grace. If I ever had a friend like, who's the guy that looks like Jerry Lewis? Jack. Jack. Jack, I would have killed him along. I would have been like Jason, what's his name in American Psycho. I would have killed that queen the minute he wanted. I would have totally killed him. Character. I would have killed him so long ago. It's not true. Well,
1: he's a totally a character.
2: He is completely everything that I I, I knew. look. Here's what I have to say about Nellie Queens on screen. They've always had their place in our society and they've always they've always brought us down in ways that are very subtle and I don't think what do you mean by brought us down I brought us down in the sense that you're not someone to be taken seriously you're someone that is is. well it's using uh, that
1: character as a mince. I mean first of all it's, Jack's it's, it's character like is someone that
2: doesn't ever think about what he says yeah He's not anyone I would admire well, in a gay is, man. Yeah. He's very he's absolutely a cliche in every way. Well, that's not and where I thought I was going when I mentioned Will. No, but, but I I I, 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 I want to go that way. With I want to go that way for yeah. two reasons. And that is that it, when uh, Vito Russo did his book The Celluloid Closet. Yes. He references all these things and unlike me Vito had no sense of humor. About gay stereotypes and movies, I look now at movies of the thirties and the twenties, and I put them in the context in which they were made, so that I fully understand that it's not necessarily a negative thing. It's just a, it's just a historical. Thing. Right. And, Absolutely. And it is. you I mean, have to look, look at it that, that way. You have to look at that. There was an
1: actor that became like a, you know. Uh, uh, Interior designer. To oh, stars. William Hayes. Yeah, yeah.
0: Billy Hayes. So, yeah, Billy. do you think that Jack on Will and Grace is somebody that exists in reality? Or oh, of course he does. does. But so I think that I more. Think and let me tell you something. Millennials like that. are not
2: camp anymore millennials aren't worshipping Judy Garland millennials are not self-loathing millennials don't feel that they have something to be ashamed of they openly do what they do in public I think they're more and they're not they're not trapped in what what I was trapped in as a gay man in the era that I grew up in where women like Judy Garland and Melina Dietrich and women who suffered or women who were loose women who had many lovers like Mae West or something this was what gay men this was I a love. cipher this is what Tennessee Tennessee Williams wrote a plethora
0: mm-hmm.
2: of female characters that were all based on him right because he couldn't express himself as an artist as a gay man because it was unheard of so Blanche Dubois was was uh, Tennessee Williams and when Lucchino Visconti directed uh um, streetcar named Desire in Rome, he said, Tennessee, you are Blanche. And he was. I and think he was also... Was all this I
1: think that millennials, though, are more comfortable with being gender-fluid and, and expressing... I hope so. I think you're right. I sense that. I out.
2: society said, is more gender-fluid. I don't even think it's a... Gay, uh, but but, but see, think well, no, but look. I the think that it's, a gen- it's a generational no. thing. But no. the situation right. that happened in Washington has changed that. Because Trump has proved that that 38% that evangelical religious nutjob group they will not relinquish his power no and pence if he becomes president will do everything he can to destroy any gay movement in this country absolutely because he as governor you know what his record was and you know what he was Session Yeah I would said, rather have I would him. rather have 4 years of absolutely. Donald Trump than one year of my.
0: But they're not gonna they're, they're not gonna win. Like look the.
2: No, you, Trump is going to resign. Thirty eight percent. But he will resign within the next two years. To I me, the thirty eight percent of the Trump presidency like is a disaster. It's a disaster. It's a
1: disaster. <laughs> it's, a disaster. it's just like yeah. an unmitigated disaster. So we'll a see. Of epic proportion. We'll see what happens. I mean, he's but the, he, the man is just so temperamentally
2: unfit but you know I'm he's you know what guys, let me tell you something we, we must not spend another moment talking about him because I the, love one thi- the one thing the one thing really he, here to talk about the David one thing Delft. he thrives on <laughs> the one <laughs> thing <laughs> Donald Trump tri- thrives on is being, his his yes. is being talked about is being talked about fact that to he has been the, the he would subject listen, of every fucking queen i know since November
1: podcast
2: because he's mentioned it, he's, he will. He'll he will, have a he tape only of reads it.
1: briefings if he's in it. That's what I, you know, what one reads. So well, how did you get thing?
0: into archiving? Like, what made you start? Like, well, how did you get like, holding these documents. Well, no, how I started. I was, let me uh, just preface this for the listeners. Okay. David DelVal runs an archival...
2: The, 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 I run archival? the DelVal archives, which is Thank thousands you. and thousands of images from all kinds of movies. How I started was when I... So what I kind were, of images? Like, well, everything. From production? Everything. I have uh, 35... Well, I have transferred onto... because everything scanned now.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: The reason that my archive is the way it is is because of Photoshop. I now not only have my own photographs, I have everybody's photographs. So do I have. If you need something, I can find it for you. That's cool. Because I have been collecting photographs for a long time. I know everyone who collects photographs. I know all the millionaire collectors. I know all the companies. I know all of that. I've worked for Tashin. I've worked for Rizzoli. I've worked for the BBC. I've worked for everybody. And
0: you have your own personal collection. Yes, but my collection... Do you keep I, it all physical copies and digital copies?
2: Everything is in three stages. There are TIFF files, which are the largest, which means I can blow something up the size of this room and awesome. tweak it to where you can see the cigarette butts on So the if somebody want to put a billboard in <laughs> Times Square, you there can it give is. It to them. However, I have um, JPEGs that are small, mm-hmm. and I have uh, contact sheets that have a blind stamp on them where you can see in... What's a contact a sheet? A contact sheet is everything I have on a title, except it can't be very large. So you can't copy it but it's, it's like so a
0: physical so if you
1: if you if you do headshots yeah. and like and you have like a, a sheet of paper with all the the with all the shots that you took that day is it that, like a negative That's a contact
2: sheet right honey like, have you done headshots? Uh, uh, digital uh, oh there
0: we go but back in the day oh, okay, you were okay, given okay, I, well, I want to know I want to know oh, like, well, back so. in the day you
1: were given something and you would say X yeah, and you would so have to really like cool. physically have like a oh, piece of paper Yes, when Noah was doing it <laughs> when Noah was in Hollywood It's when so, I actually so, managed yeah,
2: you know people you back know in what? the early 90s so have you ever lost anything have you have you know have you ever lost anything no so well, it's good you've got a good uh, sister looking at him I should say I, I, I've lost a lot of things and bitch lost. <laughs> I've lost everything and gained it all back because guess what experience is worth something in this world is it not boys yes, yes. cheers cheers yes. That. you know what I love cheers you guys, guys. Yes. because this is what's fun about all this you know Look, none of us know what the fuck is going on. The world has just gone completely fucking. We are living in a very bizarre time. I lived through what I thought was an apocalyptic time. At least. No, Hunter Thompson, Gore Vidal, uh, uh, Christopher Hitchens—you name it. Uh We all went through periods of intelligentsia where we thought we knew what was going on, but what has just happened in the last twelve months? Just. Is yeah, I'm bright. We couldn't. No one so could you have think anticipated. We're at the
0: bottom that. of the barrel yes. right now. Well, you because know, because so much do. is better because you talk about
2: how everything. No, Wall Street is up it. because no one thought. Everyone thought Wall Street would go down. It, isn't it? But don't you think it's a bubble? Don't you think it's going to burst? I think. Well, the quality I mean, of life for a gay man. Is I have I have you something writing on that. that
1: Wall Street bubble, but I think it's going to burst. Do you
2: know yeah, what, quality, sweetie, the quality life of a gay man depends on if they look like you. <laughs> That's the whole thing <laughs> in a <that laughs> nutshell. Fair enough. And if you don't look like you, then you better well fucking open your wallet or or give them a star thing on on the boulevard. I don't know what it is these days, but it's always something. And it never changes. But I'm (laughs) hoping that this negation of, of responsibility for why we're in the sad state we're in as far as being narcissistic bitches that we tend to be is that we do care about each other and we do have a kind of code that we we adhere to whatever however flaky it may be yeah. and that that we just I mean I've been around a long time and I just remember things we're we're in a trying time it's not like we're in an AIDS crisis here what we're in is a crisis of government yeah and I really don't know what to say because all I can tell you is this You and I talking about it means nothing. You and I getting on Facebook means nothing. You and I doing anything means nothing. The time we should have really counted is when we voted. Right. And if you didn't vote for Hillary Clinton or you didn't Mm -hmm. vote for... I mean, let's forget Bernie because Bernie comes... I'm sorry, boys. I went through all the cute guys that thought Bernie was the, the bomb. And maybe he was but he came with a lot of baggage. If he had become the candidate by the Democratic Party, his wife would have come into issue, his illegitimate children would have come into issue, and his tax returns, which he, like Trump, has never given up, would come into into play. So Bernie Sanders is not your answer. Neither is Hillary Clinton. I think 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 that every politician that we have had since Nixon is corrupt. Yeah. And they're all, they sell their souls long before they get in. I didn't
1: it. think Bernie Sanders could be. Elected. He was a
2: boring senator from Vermont who and had then, no history of anything he voted for ever getting done. And what then, is his record? What is he standing on this man? But the thing is, I in 2008 I didn't think Hillary
1: Clinton could be elected, which is why well, I gravitely probably towards shouldn't be. I don't know. That's well, a lot why of I gravitated Barack towards, couldn't be elected. But no, I gravitated yeah. to Barack because I believed he could be elected and I got behind him wholeheartedly. Well, i never, he had two I turns. never was the same way wholeheartedly behind Hillary Clinton.
2: No, I don't trust her either. And I don't try Look... But she's old news. She's old news. <laughs> I mean, who cares? Who cares? Look, let's, not look, re- look. let's
1: not relitigate that election.
2: No, you know what? It's just... We're not going to change anyone's opinion. No. On
1: not politics. with this podcast. No. no,
2: not at all. No. So, let's move on to something more Well let's uh, promote David Del Valle. Let's talk about David let's Del talk, Let's, re- let's so, talk about someone that doesn't have to worry about Hillary Clinton.
1: So thank God. Alright, so let's <laughs> like let's let's fast forward to present. Yes. You have a book that you're in the process Well I have of I I together. have two
2: books Already out from Bear Manor Media, one is called about, yes. "Lost Horizons Beneath the Hollywood Sign," and six reels under. Well, I'm tell, third, tell a third us, book tell us them. what "Lost Horizons." Beneath well, Hollywood these the were books is. that these were when books that? that I put together based on vignettes of working with actors and actresses in Hollywood that never quite achieved the fame they wanted. Whether it was Yvette Vickers or it was Sybil Danning or it was Barbara Steele or it was Hazel Court. or Nathan you know,
1: strife or Nathan I mean all I these, won't be one of those <laughs> all you, won't be. you <laughs> won't be well there you won't you go. Go. no you're gonna be you're gonna be uh, a honey, meteor well, honey, honey, honey. to the heights I know you will he's gonna promote you to the <laughs> end I see it solid as a rock solid as yeah, a rock
0: you well you, it only takes one. Well, there's more important things to life than fame and So, so okay, so,
1: so Lost Horizons <laughs> was about... We're to be drinking at the end of the day, <laughs> hanging out, around so, a table.
2: It's, so well, it's, no, so I wrote two books that basically... It's about... You no, know, what they were, they were stories about me as a 20-something guy coming into Hollywood, not really knowing anything except having this love of movies and this kind of glamorous kind of rose colored glasses The Hollywood is just the most glamorous place and I just can't blah 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 and then of course what brought it all down was being a gay man who all of a sudden comes with a Hollywood dream and also comes with the fact that you're a queen in Hollywood that likes movies like everybody else and all of a sudden there's everybody and you have to kind of acclimate yourself to this and you have to kind of realize who you are and what the fuck's going on and it's in that moment in time when you decide who you are and I always I always felt that as much as I wanted to illuminate the history of Hollywood, I didn't want to be considered passé. So the greatest compliment I get these days is that here I am a vintage film historian that knows about all aspects of cinema, but I still like anime and Suicide Squad and all this... Because I hang out with millennials. You stay current, yeah. Honey, you have to. Of course. So, but the point is that we have to always remember that people are very, very special. And you just can't ever second guess what somebody's going to do. Right. And I just feel that um, as far as we've come, especially in, like, gay rights and stuff, with all this worry about uh, will Trump repeal same-sex marriage. You know, I come from a time when it wasn't about same-sex marriage as as it was about just being acknowledged, being able to be with your partner in hospital. I went through a um, ceremony with my partner in 2004 that was, we couldn't get married, but we became domestic partners. And I did that so I was privy to his his hospital records Mm because he had hiv hepatitis c and cirrhosis of the liver Mm -hmm. and he was 49 years old so he lived like three months after we we went to city hall Mm -hmm. but i did this because he was already somewhat in dementia and he thought in some way that by us getting this domestic partnership i would get his social security and i would have something he wanted to give me something hmm. for all the because we were together for like eighteen years. Well. In an open relationship. Because I I must say, I don't believe you can have a relationship, especially in gay life, and be monogamous. I just don't believe it. I never did. I never did. I mean I think But I I say this that's an What I said to phrase, my partner at the time that we began what well, we did this partnership at City Hall, I said, It's an open relationship. But if you fall in love with someone, because you're, we're letting ourselves go like this, so that's the possibility here, is that we're going to meet somebody that we think is really awesome and that's it. That could happen. Mm-hmm. We have to open up to that. If that happens, then it happens. But because, and I, and I but felt, I felt good, good about it because nothing's forever. Yeah. Well... I mean, do you really think... I mean, look, our parents must have given us some clue that marriage is not eternal, Hello. I mean, most marriages end in. Well, you know, I mean, my parents. Well, there you are. But see, but not until, everybody has them. Until death. No, I, not everybody has it the was, Donna. Not, that, not, not everybody, it, not everybody perfect, has the Donnerine. It wasn't perfect,
1: and it wasn't Donna Reed. It was not perfect. But anyway. Well, there you go. Uh, but no, I mean, I agree with you. I think the important thing in that is that you're on the same page yeah, in exactly. a relationship. You know, it's like. Well, yay, yes, because straight, I mean, if you, if you
2: tell someone. Like especially a, I mean look we're if all men. You know the ground we look rules, at people every day. Yeah. Cruising mm-hmm. people every day. Every day of your life. Yeah. And you need that validation somehow because it As makes long you, as you're not lying to each other. Yes, I mean, that's the important and communication
1: thing.
0: is everything. I think that brings <laughs> us
1: to your most recent book.
2: My book. My book that is currently Yet. That, that, may, that may that it's called Tales from the Closet. <laughs> It represents my life in New York, San Francisco, and Los Angeles from (laughs) 1983-86 when the AIDS pandemic started and how it affected everyone I knew. I mean, not that every story is interlaced with this because these stories are all uh, interlaced in that it's just a time frame. Mm. It's not about disease. It's just simply about where I things was. Things that it. happened with things between 1983 and 86. And for me, it was like um, kind of a uh, an unrest where I could see creativity everywhere. It was like Broadway had it, Hollywood had it. San Francisco had Steve Silver, and you know, all there was a kind of bohemian burlesque going on in San Francisco with drag queens, with uh, the Cockettes and all that, and everything. But I felt New York was more. Um, I felt New York was more what Cole Porter, and well, um, Warhol was still. Happening. Well, Warhol, 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 at that time. Warhol represented a kind of tightrope between legitimacy yep. and mayhem Max's Kansas City Max's Kansas City was and where you kind East of yeah, and the upper, and where Elaine's was yeah. was where you kind of it was the demarcation mm-hmm. and it was Fran Lebowitz it was Interview Magazine <laughs> yeah. it was I remember it, and Bill Como at, at, after dark yeah. and all of that I was part of that for a while and then I came back here and to L.A., you mean? To uh, Los Angeles. Yeah. I always come back to L.A. Yeah. I guess because when I was a little boy, I was here, and I just kind of uh, fell in love with, with Hollywood. And when you fall in love with Hollywood, it's forever. And mm-hmm. you just, you, it stays with you. Yeah. you know, whether it's the That's trashy right. side of it, whether it's I'm standing in front of the Pantages and there's the frolic room, and I go, well, Barbara Payton was found in the dustbin in the back or, or I'm like <laughs> having a Kenneth Anger <laughs> moment at the Hollywood sign if someone hung themselves over that you know I, I kind of kind of overlook that and think yes 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 there's the dark side there's this but what attracts us to this town it's the magic the creativity the fact that no matter how old you are you can still matter you can still do things you can still be part of the scene it's, it's such a it's such a con- conglomeration of energy that you just have to go with
1: it I think one of the things that still attracts people to it and that keeps me here anyway is the people that come here for that. Yes. And, and you connect with them. I mean, Where a mechanic I kind of, can be a panic. Yeah, I mean... is not
2: that look cool for me, Oh, right? I,
1: uh, <sighs> a, a poet like that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, but you, can, for you connect with the people that are drawn to Hollywood and it draws fascinating people from all over the country, from all over the world... And you kind of make your own community. Yes. Well, I definitely... Let me tell you something.
2: I don't know about you, but my friends are my family. Yeah. My family... Of course. My family, and I don't mean this... Well, maybe I do. Maybe I'm just... Why don't I just be honest? My family, my legitimate family, uh, you know, my mother's gone, and all Mm. of her family is kind of in the past, and my dad and I were never close. And I don't feel a connection with him. Yeah. And I think uh, there was a time when you would describe a gay male as being a man who was over, had an overprotective mother and a distant father. Yeah. This was the premise of plays like "Tea and Sympathy" and "Boys in the Band," and God knows what else. but it's, it's a false. It's a false uh, proposition, in my opinion. I do believe that I was predisposed to this lifestyle. But I embraced it openly when I was at an age when I knew the difference between right and
1: wrong. But part of, part of what you're saying, though, I think, is, is part of, like, a, a little bit of a myth, you know, in the past of, like, what causes...
2: Homosexuality. Oh, I don't think anything. You like, know, an it. overbearing mother and a distant it. father. No, no it's no. just who we are. It's who we are. I mean, but I remember but that watching. Wasn't accepted, listen, that wasn't if I do, if you want to you talk about young. me realizing I was gay, yeah. was when I started watching the Wild Wild West with uh, Robert Conrad oh, I with those show fucking show. leather pants with the bottoms out of them. And then I found out the man who produced that was gay, and I went, uh huh. Mm-hmm. See, I didn't realize the queen's at work on the inside of show business in the 60s sure the people that did the monkeys like Ward Sylvester when I first came to this town Ward Sylvester had the most notorious gay parties in town I mean hello Mm -hmm. this was the monkeys and then the Menendez (laughs) brothers whose father was like sleeping with Menudo for all we know you know Ricky Martin started very young and uh, who knew because in those days it was all don't ask don't tell Right. or whatever you know who knows
1: there was it's a lot of shit going on a lot in the, underneath the, in the, the down surface. low sure it was but yeah. it's, and nothing's changed just so. like hip hop just, just like all of it yeah. yeah no it happens it happens
2: well now do you have any questions you want to ask me anything I can I can possibly tell you that you don't already know about it. Well, I mean, I, I mean, I think you've covered your latest book, which I think is well. Yes, and you know, the, the thing about the other two books I did for yeah. Bear Manor, Lost Horizons, Beneath the Hollywood Sign, and Six Reels Under—they're all stories about people in Hollywood that you may not remember. But I just wanted them to have a moment in the sun. I wrote two books about people that, that were obscure beautiful. because I felt if I didn't write about them, no one would so I did I and, think you're right
1: about that like I think, character actors and I, uh, cause I I actually you know I focused on history when I was in uh, you know undergrad and then I did some work after that but if you find someone that no one else is going to write about then you can become the expert on that and,
2: and no one else is well, no here else for is example about I wrote a you're piece you're going to be the definitive I wrote, wrote a piece now. about a man named Alex DRC. yeah who you would never know except he did two cult movies One was Blood of Dracula's Castle. The other was Horrors of Spider Island. Alex D'Arcy was an Egyptian expatriate that lived in Hollywood, very grand, wore ascots, had a gorgeous daughter, and was a pimp. He used to go into the Beverly Wilshire Hotel and organize hookers for wealthy Saudi Arabian princes. This is what he did. Mm -hmm. But he was also an actor. So I got to interview him about his movies and I'm the only person that ever interviewed him about anything and it's in Psychotronic magazine. And he was just very forthcoming about it all and I just thought he was fabulous and now whenever I look at Blood of Dracula's Castle which is a terrible movie with John Carradine who plays a butler that keeps draining blood from people in a basement in Arizona that's run by a kind of decrepit Count Dracula and his wife played by uh, what was her name Uh, she was once a famous oh, God, one of these actresses that winds up in horror movies, you know. It's always... <laughs> anyway. I'll Elsa Lancaster. No, no, Elsa. <laughs> no. Elsa, <laughs> was, Elsa was married to Charles Lawton. She had yeah. enough problems. <laughs> married to a gay man and then being a straight woman. and oh, Yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, no, I mean, uh, Hollywood is always interesting. There's always interesting people here. It's... it's um, and you're an
1: archivist. I'm an of archivist. Finding these thing. stories. And I, you know, one of the things I read about in, you know, on your uh, website is he, you know, did a very, very... One of the last interviews that Vincent
2: Price did. Yes. Um, you know,
1: how did that happen?
2: Well, Vincent Price was one of these guys that when you met him... I don't know what it is or what it is that you have to be for him to like you, but I met him when I was in high school and I went over and I remember I said, I'm with the uh, what was what was the name of my high school paper, uh, the Beaver or something really lame, and he went uh, oh no no I, uh, wait a minute I'll think wait a minute this is in Sacramento yes this is in Sacramento with the, at Encina High School and uh, I can't think of the name but oh anyway but whatever it was he went oh my God we'll have to take time to talk about your your paper <laughs> and, and I just went you're joking and he just oh, it was amazing. And and
1: um,
2: but the interview I'm talking about happened months. Oh, we be years later. No, 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 the you, interview, you're interview you're talking about. You, I you, met Vincent Price in 1969. So did you talk to about uh, that when you met him again? Oh, we well, either? we met. We've met each other. no many, no many time. Which, what, what, say, what happened? What happened was I met him in high school, and for some weird reason, why was we he stayed, at Encino High School in He was house? he was in Sacramento doing a one man show called Dear Theo. Reading the letters between Vincent Van Gogh yeah, and his I was, brother Theo, I was thinking, and they were oh, called Van "Dear Go's Theo," brother. "Dear yeah. Theo." He read, and so when he was over with it, um, he was at um, the convention center downtown, and I went backstage, and I just, you know, I went, "Mr. Price," and he turned around, and you know, he—I I mean, he must have known how much I lo- i just loved him. Mm-hmm. I loved him all my life, mm-hmm. and there I met him, and I said, "Oh." And I said, um, "What did I? Say? I forgot what I said." But he just—he took both my hands, and his, it was just like this. It was like no one else was in the room. It was just us. And he just said, "Oh, I'm just so thrilled. You're my fan." I said, oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Sounds like a picture. Oh, it was just—it was <laughs> totally. <incredible. laughs> and I never got over it. Never got over it. Ever. 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 And so I—I I was totally his complete fan forever. And I followed him until he died. That's awesome. And, and we you did, did. And we did and our. We did, did film he, he, interview. He walked onto this set with no money, with nothing. Yeah. And it was the second. Well, it was just like he, he said. Uh, you should be in television, so I'm going to do this show for you. Yeah. And he just came down and did the show.
1: So, I mean, what I'm getting from our whole yeah, from conversation, because I mean, a lot of what I see on your website and, and the panels that you do, it's very much like David DelVal, horror aficionado. Uh, well, I'm trying to break out that. No, you, you must understand. Proprietor of all kinds of like horror archive things. I have
2: just done the audio but that's, commentary but it's, for it's Father really like Goose. It's like old Hollywood. Well, I've just done Father Goose. With uh, Cary Grant and Leslie Caron. Yeah. I just did 10 to Midnight with Charles Bronson and Andrew Stevens. I just did The Barefoot Contessa with Ava Gardner and Humphrey Bogart. I just did Anastasia. Panels of these? I I, I, I just did Anastasia with Ingrid Bergman and uh, Yul Bryn. Well, when you say you've done them... I've done done the audio commentary for all of these movies. On on what? Ah. On for Twilight Time. I love it. I've done sixty-five audio commentary. So how can because somebody listen Most of which are not horror films. How, how can somebody be? listen to one You of can your... listen to anything I do, my dear. What do you, you have, what, to, what would you, what would our audience do? You just have it? to get on your little phone and download it. Mm-hmm. From where? From your app. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Twilight, what what, what, Twilight? What, wait a minute. What, what does what, that mean, though, the
1: Twilight commentary? Well, it's just a
2: video company, girl. It's oh, okay. So, put it, so
1: it's not like, so it's a, like a Blu-ray thing? It is a Blu-ray. Yeah. Life yeah. is a Blu-ray.
0: Fabulous. Wait a minute. Life you is a Blu-ray. Is I, is a, a Blu-ray. I, I have to
2: educate you bitches right now. You do, this, please. This is, this you have have you girls are just like, do we? We are bitches. You are? Well, I knew that when I walked in here. <laughs> girls from one to another oh bitch don't you think I smell my own <laughs>
0: uh.
2: <laughs> oh my gosh well, regardless well, now, of So time. now, have we... Have let's we, tell the audience the tr- how to find the Twilight Do we have an audience? Is anyone... like Are any of you out there yeah. in, Mom in or the paper? We'll
1: see. Yeah, someone. Someone will make it out. to the end
2: of this yeah. thing. Someone will. Oh, are you will. kidding? Somebody went to high school with. Here, here, here's the company I work for.
0: Twilight Time Movies. You can follow them at... Twilight
2: time movies. Just, Just yeah. search that That's anyway. on Facebook. It's I've on done Facebook. I've it's done twelve read. audio commentaries. I love for that. It. I've done twelve for Kino Lover. I've done five for Shop Factory. Are they paying you for that? Of course for they the do, darling. How do you think I can afford to sip rosé with you here tonight? <laughs> Mama needs fuel, girl. <laughs> well, exactly. They pay you in rosé? Well, No, we're paying you in rosé. Do they pay you in rosé? Sometimes. We've paid you we We've rose. run out of rosé. Well, you? no, we have more. We have have well, more. we better bring it out because Mama wants to tell you about my private life. Dina's Here on we time are! Dina Poppers! Do Sondheim, too? Well, of course. Yeah, Stephen's the only one that survived AIDS. Wonder why. Yeah. Why? Well, yeah, you did, don't get play If you don't get The late. top. survived. Did you,
1: did you know George Firth? Of course oh, I, I knew. Oh, fucks. okay. Time. Well, then, you know, we should talk about it. We were Jamba
2: Juice together.
1: Well, George, I produced George's last musical, and he was a dear... Myra Breckenridge. ...dear friend of mine. I know him He's in that, well. yes. He had just found a boyfriend, too, when he... He did well. That was the one story. Yeah, he's well, from David from San San Diego. I, I'm not gonna. Why spill. is it,
2: honey? I'm not gonna. Why, why is it I've never met you before? Right? Were
1: you at George's memorial?
2: Probably. I don't think so. At his house. With Barbara Steele, I went with Barbara Steele. Did were
1: you there? Yes. Okay, I was there with with but I um, don't remember. Well, we Warren Beatty of. and and
2: yeah, well, uh, Warren Beatty showed up in there. He was at more funerals. Well, he was quite good friends with George. I know he was. Well, they were in uh, Heaven Can Wait. They were in... But But I remember George. I was in second grade. The reason
1: they knew each other was from, from Northwestern. And, you know, and it didn't take a genius to say to, like, a sophomore Warren Beatty, like... You could be in pictures, uh, but he did that and said, "Go to New York," and they they just, you and they I, stayed friends. You know what I'm
2: I'm realizing here is, you and I we've been here at the same time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. How in the world do you know Barry
1: Crossed? I do. I love Barry. Oh God! How about Alan Howard? Oh God! To know Alan Howard. Of course. Too. Of course. <laughs> we know all the same people. Well, we're, all know, all know, the same. No, I
2: know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'll tell you exactly. no, I'll tell you exactly what's happened. And this is really wonderful that we're connecting like this. Yeah. I left here when Chris died. And and I just kind what of What year was that? Oh 2004. Okay. I just decided I I could every street corner reminded me of him. Yeah. It was just like, oh, I couldn't live here. Yeah. So I left. So I come back in 2013. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm 100 pounds lighter than I was when I left. What? Honey. What? I wish you, you want to see a lot of I just showed this. That's crazy. Right, I don't know. Where
0: did you go for nine years?
2: Honey, it's a long story. Did you go to New York? I went everywhere. But here's the deal. Sounds I a was song I was... When you've been... When you're in the gay world, and you go from being like cute to being not cute, and you like see your longevity go, you just I mean, you know I've seen it all, and I went from being a cute guy to being a guy that was 211 pounds, mm. but I learned an amazing lesson from being 211 pounds. I was still popular, happy. Everyone loved me because mm-hmm. I am a brilliant, fabulous, interesting person to know. Absolutely. doesn't matter what I look your like. Your personality. It doesn't matter what I look your like. Your personality shines through. But it mattered to me how I looked. It mattered to me that I was being treated in a particular way. Because but you I learned was that. And I learned. You learned and that. And so I came well, back later. to Hollywood, 140 pounds from being 211. No one knew, no one knew me. I walked into Larry Edmonds' bookshop. No, Jeff didn't know me. No one knew me. As long mm-hmm. as I didn't talk. Wow. I just walked around. No one knew who I was. This is how I... What was that like? I'll tell you what it was like. It was like... You realize how much... How the superficiality of sex... Guys that wouldn't look at me... When I was fat... Were like... Oh, wow. You're awesome. You're this. Hey, fat. hey, hey. Yeah. But the tr- The trouble is, when you were two hundred and eleven pounds, you're always two hundred and eleven pounds. Somewhere. So no matter who was looking at me or what they were saying, mm-hmm. I was still that person. Wow. You know, so it's it's an interesting. But when and then okay. of course to lose You've my to lose sides so so Were like, you
1: two hundred eleven pounds? That's great. Like. What was the journey to being 211 pounds? When did that happen? You want to see? Well, uh, it's, no, on, d- it's on Facebook. But I'm just I'm just wondering, like, okay, what, what were the years? Because you were saying, like, you went from being a cute guy, so, like, when you were well, younger... Well, right, all right, Well, Was all it all a right.
0: relationship? Were you when you, you were
2: relationship younger, relationship? you were not right. that. No, I think... Um, you just got... You older. know what? It's a mindset. <laughs> if you want to figure out how to look your best... Mm -hmm. And you wonder why you do exercises and stuff. You know, I I go to the gym like four days a week and everything, and I've I've stayed 140 pounds for like five years. Mm -hmm. But when I train with like people that are younger than me and everything, I realize that it's all motivational. There's no accident there are mirrors in a gym. Mm -hmm. If you want to see narcissism Mm -hmm. at its most profound moment, Go into LA Fitness or the that faggot place in Holly in West Hollywood. It is. It's, it's really Hollywood. any place. Like I. No started, no no in West Hollywood. But I started is, my day no, 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 at, at a place
1: yeah. called Yas yeah. Fitness, and it's yoga honey, and Honey, you baby. were like you were not, like, you were you like the boating. And I was looking no, I at honey, myself you're like the boat in a entry. mirror yeah, as I, I did a spin class, and it was a terribly hard spin class at seven fifteen a.m. But like that's you know that's. That's what going there
0: is for. Honey,
2: I wouldn't be in a spin class at four AM or whatever. No,
0: 7:15. seven. Seven AM it's too early. early. Oh too early for me to fifteen is what girl, I did girl. Girl.
2: this morning. well who, who was in there you wanted? No one. Well then what the fuck were you doing there? That's
1: the time I have to do that.
2: Okay. Discipline. I, you, I have no idea what that means.
1: If well, <laughs> if if I were able to to work out later, we wouldn't be doing this now. I That's exercise honey, exercise. Just, I well, exercise. Wait, well wait a minute. We're now
2: 150 years in the future. It doesn't matter. That's the
1: time I have. I love starting my You know my what? Day. You and I
2: were the same person. At I love time. starting no, my do you realize day, this? You now. and I were the same person at one time. Okay. So where do you go to the gym then? I go to LA Fitness now. Because oh, I LA used fitness. to go. I used to go to. Um,
1: I kind of hate
2: the gym. That's what, like. Well, look, it's a necessary evil. I only look. I agree. I agree. It's a necessary evil. I just feel like you. Well, when you realize when you realize who you are, when you realize who you are, when you realize, you, are, when you, realize uh, you know everything that you present to people every morning. That's it. When you realize that in its totality. You kind of wake up and you go, Okay, here's what I look like, here's what I could look like, here's this and this and this. Here's and what this. I think I look like when I look in exactly. the mirror. Yeah. And then you bring in the X factor. Do you want like, you know, do you want to have do you want to have people 30 years younger than you talking to you? Do you want to do you want to have this? Do you want to have that? I wake up in the morning <laughs> and I no longer think about that anymore. I look at everything and I go, Okay, I'm still here.
1: I like that. I mean, I But have you to and say I are like, the same. We're, we're, we're the, it's same a the same gift, the same period, me, you know. It's a gift to me right this moment that I am with someone who mm. reflects
2: back at me... That's a mistake. That he, you know why that's a mistake? He thinks I look amazing. You know what's wrong with that? You have to be amazing to yourself. It, no one can bring that to you. No, ever. you delegate that to somebody else. I'm not else, saying I do completely. But you just did. I don't think
0: no, he's saying I'm that just... he relies on his own self
1: Because person. Because honestly, like, self-sabio. I did let myself go, and I was 20-some-odd pounds heavier than I but am look, now. But you're at a certain age, right? That's worked.
2: okay.
1: And I... No, I worked... I worked to get... I, I was like, you know, when is, you pass, honey, when you pass fifty, it
2: doesn't matter. Well, I haven't. Well, I mean, it 50. matters, but you know what I'm 50 saying. Yet, but well, you know, you're getting there. I'm have- getting there.
1: I'm getting very close to fifty, but I haven't passed it yet. But just for my own health, you know, I just I didn't want to be that weight that I
2: was. And my doctor would agree. Well, what, this is when I didn't know you. I mean, I didn't know you. I mean, obviously, this is... I'm actually... right. So we, now, actually, we were I'm, like living in the I'm same... heavier. We were living in the You're same. You're doppelgangers. I'm heavier than I Sex had surf. been
1: for a long time. Well, honey, I've you couldn't lost, get any heavier than I was. i was I've, fucking I've, heavy. I've <laughs> lost 20-something pounds since my heaviest. And I'm like on my way down... Um, but recently I reconnected with someone I used to be with who. Oh, honey, I mean, you're such a drama
2: queen. You just gotta give this shit up. But, you've, got but, to, you've got to just. I shouldn't
1: up. even mention that because, like, I was on that path anyway. You were. Really I you hear you're what
0: you're saying. I think that it really you're with somebody that you care about, if you're into somebody, they should, treat, it, they should treat you like you're He's you made sick. it are easier. You He's Do you made, realize
2: how people treat each other in this world, darling?
0: Everybody you've loved, hasn't haven't they looked you in the eye and
2: say you're the sexiest he, motherfucker?
0: He's made it a little bit easier for me. Like, no, they haven't,
2: actually. No? That's really amazing. I mean, when did that ever happen? Well, <laughs> never, <laughs> that happened to you recently, <laughs> Daryl. <laughs> oh, yeah, uh, every day I wake up, uh, the
0: person I'm with, I'm like, you're the most...
2: Well, sexy there you won't a little But sexy
0: is more than just a physical. No, of but course not. That's is,
2: the point. That's what I'm talking about with this podcast. Nathan is we um, need to talk. Right we need to talk about what it is that makes everybody sexy, because gay people are always being threatened. Well, that's and what you I said. Think that that you said it. At
0: two two hundred eleven pounds. You still we're the same and you I
2: know. was the same fucking person that's, that I am that's right the now mm-hmm.
1: and you mentioned something earlier and that's 205 I mean that's you mentioned fine. something earlier about poppers the yes. early days of poppers well, yeah <laughs> let's
2: well, you want to know about, about? I'll tell you about it tell let's the poppers story, story. Yes, 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 poppers yes, story yes. is incredible okay alright I come to San Francisco I arrive, on, I, team arrive team. I arrive, I at Castro, and when I go when to a bar. a little bit. 1968. 68. Is poppers 1960. a thing in 1968? <laughs> well, I, honey, how I know? I think. So. Well, uh, well, let me tell you how I know about poppers. Let me tell you how I know about sex. Okay. Tell us, please. I go into the Castro in 1968. What I see before me is a plethora of men. In plaid shirts, tight Levi's, tight Marlboro. Everything is normal. <laughs> Everything. No fats or fems need a plaid. Right, Tom of Finland. Were Tom you wearing
0: the, the? Were you wearing the plaid and the of tight so. and the?
2: I was. I was. You were Jack okay. Wrangler's boyfriend. He had. The
0: he had the 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 handkerchief in the
1: right pocket. It was all working.
2: 1968,
0: San Francisco. You're what? Twenty. A buck, a buck and a half. You're young, sexy. Twenty four. All right, baby. You got a handkerchief in your pocket.
2: I'm. I'm already. What kind of What kind of shoes? Boots. Oh, the worst kind. The kind you kind of put uh, socks into.
1: Construction a, boots. Construction.
2: That's boots. sexy. I love that. Let me tell you though. It was, was man. Thing. Here was the thing. I go into the midnight sun, oh, which yeah. is like. Uh, Dull. kind of um, a place called
1: Midnight Sun in San Francisco in the Castro okay alright Glow- and there's we'll this kid
2: wait wait Very wait, what, what mu- the no wait no, wait, no wait, you here? this is this kid he's very muscular <laughs> very because I like muscles very muscular and wearing a plaid shirt and just very butch and everything so I go over and I, I mean, I'm just completely And it, anyway were you we, Butch? Were you not at all. No. Honey, not at all. I mean, no, I wasn't. Not Butch, but I was whatever I was. I was a theater person. You
0: I weren't was, presenting.
2: I was image. David Del Valle at that period in my life. You were nineteen sixty eight David Del I was nineteen sixty eight David Del <laughs> I was fucking awesome. <laughs> so I walked into that bar, and this guy and I went home. And okay. At one, this is an incredible moment. Like you know, I'm like always atop top, but here's this guy, and he's like like. I want you to try this. He puts this little. It looks like a peanut, uh, and he breaks it in half. puts uh, it under my nose. All of a sudden, the world changes. That's what it used to be like. I remember. I, how, called, that I call. That makes sense it with the work, name. You work. actually had to pop something. Wait wait, 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 wait. Let me tell you the story. So, I get a popper in me for the first time. I have an orgasm like no one has ever had. In my life, instantly, wow! Not instantly. Dare nothing happens okay. instantly. Well, how? Well, As you, know you what continue happened. with it? it was the still sex. a short like. A First of all, I was hard to begin with. Yes. So I was hard to begin with, and what he did when we did the popper was like everything. Was it a little ball? Or he something? was doing everything. Everything that you we did after that was like in, <laughs> the, bang, in the midnight sun. No, no, no. This is back in oh, your this place. Is, this is wait, wait, wait.
1: I'm sorry. You said you went home.
2: Oh, wait, wait. You went I'm, sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't know I,
1: if you went to his place or not.
2: No, no, no. Well, you mind we skipped that part. It just I'm went sorry. No, go, go ahead. Go ahead. All right. The ambulance driver is about the fact that I went home with a guy that worked for an ambulance company oh. at St. Mary's Hospital in San Francisco, and the the poppers he were given were not what normal anyone in gay life gets. It was a medically prescribed... Yes, for heart attacks. Oh my God, you to got heart attack medication? Someone? Yeah, was but it, it fucking makes you want to come like mad. Was it, it to revive,
1: revive someone?
2: Yes, okay. it was a fucking heart attack pill, okay? Right. Okay. So we took this... <laughs> they're like, so I'm like, going, oh! And I'm like, I've never had an orgasm. Oh! I was like... You were revived. I fucking had a fucking epiphany. <laughs> fuck! <laughs> so I want to have that again and again and again. So I fuck everyone in his building. Oh! Uh, what? I fuck everyone on his planet. Okay. And then he and I break up because. The hospital ran out of poppers. They did. So, <laughs> I'm now on my own. Right. Without that, I immediately realized guy. the difference between butyl nitrate and amyl nitrate. Butyl nitrate is the crap they put in things called bang, 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 and rush. Jungle juice. But, that no, nitrate. but amyl nitrate is well, all I'm like, such a tramp. They would be
0: called screw off and sniff if it came out when I was. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nathan is a tramp. Eric and I have experienced <laughs> poppers together. We and, have. Yeah, we have yeah. had poppers. They're still they're alive and well. Alright, so anyway, alright,
2: enough of that shit. I don't wanna know. Oh the poppers, I think. No, no, no. Okay,
0: good.
2: but you so, don't wanna know? Well no, I wanna know. So wait, no, but t- 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 no, no, t- no. T- no, t- no t- if you I do you t- really t- wanna know the rest yeah, of my story. The rest of my story. So, alright, here's the thing. That's why we're saying So I fall in love. for five minutes with the ambulance chaser. Right. Who's the guy that works at St. Mary's Hospital that gets the Uh So all of a sudden we break up. And I can't find these things anymore. And you're hooked. And and I'm hooked. So now I'm in the netherworld. Best orgasm of your life. How could you not be? Right. (laughs) So I have to go from that, from famine, no, say it,
0: say it, say it, say it say it. Where did it, you it, find it, it. them? So you're you're fiending. You want these poppers. you want San Francisco. Because you're
1: saying, it's so you're saying that, that this was before you got them and the little things. Well no no no, no.
2: We never got them like they were in the hospital ever again. No. There's well, no then, way there's into? no way that any gay man got the kind of orgasm I got. I With believe those, you.
1: I believe you. I'm sure so those we were have. like
2: those were th- th- those were only given when you were uh, a cardiac patient. So when did they start putting it in the bottles? Oh, honey, How did dude.
0: you find? What was your next popper experience then?
2: How did you end up finding it? You have to read by chapter because I can't Ooh. remember. I can't remember. No, I do remember.
0: Segue by the book. <laughs> this hasn't come out yet, right? The book that Hi. hasn't come out.
2: Honey, there's a number of things that haven't come out. Ooh,
0: oh, that's, it's getting real at this table. You real. better yes. turn the AC on.
2: Yeah, you better. <laughs> you girls, you girls are, you girls are too much. <laughs> now listen, I love this. Do Is this what you wanted from me? This yeah, is, it this, is. Was it. It is. this was it. This
1: was it. So we're wrapping up. David Delval. Yes. You gave us everything.
0: Love you so Thank much. Thank you. I am David I want DelVal. you to I want
2: you to listen to my book, Tales from the Closet, where I talk about a lifetime of experiences. And your, your website is what? Is Sinisterimage.com or Daviddelval.com. Both are open. Fantastic. You can also reach me at filmsinreview.com. You can review you can also find me at Turner Classic Movies science fiction 50 movies that are out of this world I'm the photo editor on that fantastic, fantastic. we'll put that and with whatever yeah whatever I mean we
1: and you can find David DelVal as a man about uh-huh. town in Los Angeles if you're lucky enough go to, to the precinct the same
0: event Buck eagle just same sell up, bitch. Well, and yeah. if you're looking for any archival Those. footage and photos you can Hit him up. Get, we met, we right met in him house. at Outfest and yeah, then in. you will meet him huh. somewhere cool. else. We yeah. met in a parking lot. We met, met well, you in parking honey,
2: you're at a parking lot the rest of your <laughs> life. I'm going <laughs> to be a rock lizard. Right
1: Cheers, baby. Well, Cheers. Hello. Hello.
2: Cheers. Love to you guys. Jesus.
1: To David God. Delva. Oh, oh, I love you, you guys. You. Oh,
2: you guys are wonderful.
0: And scene. Hey, thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please feel free to subscribe on the Apple Podcast app or iTunes or SoundCloud. Like it, share it, tell your friends. If you're on SoundCloud,
1: you can hit that little love button. That feels so good. Oh, I love to see the hearts. The <laughs> hearts are
0: real special.
1: Yeah, it's fun. Thank um, you so much. Yeah,
0: thank you.